Hey, uh, so this morning is the final uh, of six instalments in a season that we called Six Stupefying Sundays. And several months ago, I really felt God highlight this verse. It's one of my life verses. It's something that Paul wrote to the church in Ephesus. And he said to them, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever ask or imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. This idea that we can so easily shrink wrap God down to the level of our understanding and the level of our circumstances and the level of our history and the level of our faith. And yet God wants to always call us up, wants to elevate our perspective to be bigger, to be higher, to be greater, to be more. And even then, as far as we can think, as far as we can imagine, as far as we can ask, He's even beyond that. And so there's no, there's no limit to Him. And so we've been teaching around this idea, but, but, but sometimes the default when you teach a message series like this is to teach on circumstances, that, that through faith, God's gonna change your circumstances. By faith, God's gonna shift your circumstances. And whilst that's true, some of the time, sometimes God doesn't shift our circumstances. I talked about that in the first week. And sometimes He does, but He takes His jolly sweet time. And our perspective when He doesn't shift our circumstances or our perspective when He takes His time or what we think is taking His time, our perspective is what makes the difference. And so this morning, no surprise, I'm gonna continue to teach around this idea of perspective and how important perspective is and how important our perspective in life matters how much of a difference and it make, it matters how much of a difference it matters with our concept of god with our concept of what happens to us and our concept of what we can do in the world this message is called measuring more if you're a note taker and i hope you are you can title this message very rare that i give it up this early, measuring more. And as the topic suggests, this morning I'm teaching all about measuring. Now, in my hand is an object that some of you under the age of 30 have never seen before. And so you're wondering what it is and you want me to describe it and I may do that. There are others of you over the age of 40 that the very sight of this is causing your heart to skip beats with fear and trembling and your butt is starting to twitch because you remember what this felt like when it was still legal to whack you over the buttocks with this in a classroom, potentially in a church, which is still not illegal. Well, it is, but I pretend you don't know that. And I'm gonna teach today a message that is actually intended to give you what I hope is a better and a more hope-filled perspective if you have ever felt or you ever feel like you don't measure up, that you don't feel like you're able to fight and continue fighting in the midst of difficult circumstances, that you don't feel like you have the faith that someone else has. You don't feel like you measure up. I wonder if that's anybody this morning. See, measurements are interesting. Measurements are absolute. This ruler is one metre. You can't argue that with me. I, I won't bother arguing that with you. It is one metre. That is an absolute fact, okay? It's one, it's not 1.1, it's not 0.9. After being hit with it, it sometimes is two by 0.5. Uh, it's one metre. That measurements are, are, are absolute. But measurements aren't just absolute, measurements are also relative. Last year, I was uh, going around 
saying hi. A number of our team members have young kids. And so when the team members come in early on a Sunday, they bring their kids with them. And I think they're some of the heroes of our church because not only are the parents here early to serve, the kids are here with them. And those of you that struggle to get here by 10 a.m. need to get some perspective and take some inspiration from little kids who are here and the parents that get them here earlier than even when school starts. That's for free. So I went around, I go around and I give these kids hugs and high fives because I think they're fantastic. And I want them to know that getting here early is, is helping mum and dad serve God, not, not something that you should be resentful for. And, they do, and they're good. So I go around and I went up to little Jeremiah Judd some time ago. He was in three years old or thereabouts. And I said, hey, Jeremiah, how you going, little man? And he says, Uncle Mark, I'm not a little man. I'm a big man. And I'm like, no, you're not. You're a freaking midget. <laughs> but I didn't say that. And so, so I'm measuring him relative to adults. He was measuring himself relative to his one-year-old brother. See, measurements are both absolute. He's three-year-old midget, but they're also relative compared to his brother. He's a big man. So he got right back in my grill Made sure I knew that. Wednesday night at our Elevate group, we were talking about Dwayne The Rock Johnson. I said, you know, you guys all know who Dwayne The Rock Johnson is. Do you think he's big? Well, they said, yeah, he thinks he's big. So when I was working out with him last week and it was, and it was his turn on the dumbbell rack, he went down a little bit to the lighter ones and I got my iPhone out and I took this photo of him and, and, and he looks big, right? Big, absolutely, he's big. But then I said, boys, but measurements aren't just absolute, they're also relative because when Dwayne The Rock Johnson happens to be standing next to Charles Barkley and Shaquille O'Neal, let's go to the next slide, all of a sudden, he don't look so big anymore. Shaq looks big. Shaq was on Alan DeGeneres three weeks ago in a pair of Tom's shoes. Anyone wanna guess what size they were? See, Tom's shoes, you buy a pair and they give a pair away. 73 kids in Africa got, got pairs of shoes because of the amount of material it took to make Shaq's one pair of shoes. So good work. Measurements are absolute. They're also relative. And we love to measure. As a society, we love to measure. We measure rich or poor. You might think you don't, but you do. We measure rich or poor. And, and interestingly, oftentimes we associate rich or poor with, with status symbols. But do you know that, that, that rich or poor is, is not an absolute measure, it's a relative measure? Because every one of us is richer than somebody and poorer than somebody. So we're all rich and poor at the same time because it's all relative, it depends who you compare it to. We measure successful or unsuccessful. Successful, what car you drive. Successful, what postcode do you live in. Successful, what school did you go to and which school do your kids go to? And nothing wrong with any of those things, but here's the deal. They're not just the only measure, the only benchmark of success. What about what, what, what sort of kids you're raising and, 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 and how much you pray for them? My parents, last weekend, Louie and I went and celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. My parents, they live pretty much week to week. We, we didn't grow up with, with uh, spare money. They both worked reasonably uh, minimum wage jobs. And, uh, and, and we uh, celebrated their 50th wedding anniversary. And we went to this, this pretty basic little cafe where, where the menu was uh, battered fish and chips or chicken parmy. Uh, sorry, podcast audience overseas. Uh, you'll need to uh, Wikipedia that and put the Australian version in. Um, 
pie with chips, or palmy was also served with chips, pie with chips, and, and then, then there was a couple of other things that you had to ask the chef to specially prepare. And that was their 50th wedding anniversary. There was like 12 people there. And so you, you think, well, that doesn't sound like a success. But you know, my parents have got more love and affection for each other today than they did when they got married. They don't have more money than they did when they got married 50 years ago, but they've got more love and affection than they had 50 years ago. Well, some people might not see them as successful, but they're enormously successful. Some people don't make it to 50 years of marriage. Now, it's not just about making it. <laughs> I hate her, but I'm still married. <laughs> wearable tech. Now, wearable tech. Google had a big uh, product uh, launch there inside uh, input-output conference this week, and uh, they launched a whole bunch of new products. One of them is a wearable tech uh, piece that, that they're collaborating with Levi's, Levi's, the denim company. And so next year, Levi's and Google, in partnership, will be, we will be launching a range of denim shirts that you can control smart devices by a swipe on your sleeve. Not a swipe of your nose, by the way, a swipe on your sleeve. No, but it's like, huh, yeah, okay, turn the lights on, turn them off, open the car, clock the car, start the car, start the car. That bit's not true. Um, <laughs> the, Aussie, the Aussie version is start the car like this. Anyway, sorry, podcast audience. Um, wearable tech. I've got a, a watch. I don't normally wear it out in the wild except when I'm training. It's my training watch. It's a Garmin 920 XT and it, it measures my training. It measures how many steps I've taken today. I am up to 12,797 steps. Now you can hack this. 13,000. <laughs> now I didn't just sit there all morning like this. I actually went for a 12K run. And so it's measuring my steps. It can measure my heart rate. It can measure my stride length as I run. It can measure my cadence, how many steps per minute I take. It measures all this sort of stuff. And it's not like, you know, Dick Tracy into the future 100 years from now. It's just, just the watch, wearable tech. We love to measure. When we first meet people, you guys know this, when we first meet people, often the first question is, so uh, what do you do for a living? And, and that question can be innocent. Often it is. It's just, I'm curious. I want you to, to know that I'm interested in you. So I ask you that question. I'm interested. Maybe you ask it because you may be looking for some common ground, you know, conversation starter. Oh, really? That's interesting because I, you know, whatever it is. Um, but, 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 but a risk is to ask that question, trying to size somebody up, trying to measure them. So what do you do? Oh, tradie. Mm. I don't feel that way about tradies. I think tradies are freaking geniuses. By the way, a little bonus content when you meet people for the first time, I'll give you a little better, better question than what do you do? Uh, here's mine. Uh, tell me your story. So I ask people, tell, tell me a story. What story? Whatever's important to you. Huh? You're welcome. Um, Elevate here, we measure a lot of stuff. We measure a lot of stuff. Anything church, measuring stuff, you know, that doesn't sound spiritual. It's one of the most spiritual things we do because Jesus, the last thing he said to his disciples is go and make more disciples. And so as a church, we can have lots of activity and very little accomplishment and it can feel like we're getting somewhere. 
but we try to measure to take the guesswork out. Are we actually getting somewhere? So we measure, we measure a bunch of stuff. One of the things we measure, and I showed this to our team members last week, is we measure bums on seats, known in the statistics world as total attendance. And what you'll see, Q ruler, is uh, this is what they had before laser pointers, by the way. Uh, Q ruler, a year ago, average 70 over a weekend, as of last week, sniffing at 100. And then last week we hit 100 again. So that trend line is going up. And by the way, the reason I'm showing that to you is if you've ever prayed for Elevate Church to grow, if you've ever given money for Elevate Church to grow, and by the way, you are Elevate Church. Uh, if you've ever served in the hope that Elevate Church is growing and wondering if it's actually worth it, if we're actually getting somewhere, then the answer is yes, it's 25% in a year, which if you're in your own business, you'd think is pretty freaking special. Now, by the way, we're now chasing 200 and we wanna get there real quick, which may sound like a pretty extravagant faith goal when, until you learn that Perry Noble's church, New Spring Church are currently chasing 100,000 and they're at 70,000. So, uh, you know, it's all a matter of perspective, right? Because measurements are both absolute and they're relative. 100 to 200, that's double. Yeah, but 70,000 to 100,000 is less than double, but it's pretty spectacular. Measurements are absolute and they're relative. And by the way, this isn't the whole story. We measure numbers and we gather stories. It's two sides of the same coin because you have lots of people and no transformation. That's just a crowd. Jesus had lots of crowds, but not as many followers. And so we wanna see stories as well. And we gather stories and we try to share stories and elevate groups and here on a Sunday. But then some things are difficult to measure. Preaching, I preach just about every week here. And I wanna know if it's making an impact. My goal in preaching, our goal in preaching is to be helpful. We can't live your life of faith for you, but we can give you some tools. We can put them in your hand, put them in your lap that you can take. And, and if they're helpful and you choose to apply, we wanna know that they're making a difference. But how do you measure that? Number of people who keep coming back. Well, that's not bad. You know, at least we're not putting people off. But not everybody, that is. Religious people don't like us. Didn't like Jesus either, so I'm okay with that. Number of jokes that landed. Is that the goal of preaching? I told seven, four of them were funny. Next week, I'll try to get my average up. Is that how you measure whether the preaching's getting anywhere? As the English people say, Renati's half Indonesian uh, cousins would say, the, the, the amount of positive feedbacks that I get. Is that a measure? <laughs> but no matter how we measure something, whether we use a ruler, whether we use a graph, whether we use a story, no matter whether we use a postcode, whether we use a salary, whether we use a, a business card, a flowchart, how high you are on the food chain, no matter what we use to measure, it's always limited. Because what we measure, whilst things may be absolute, we're always measuring them relative to something else. We're always measuring relative to our perspectives, our experiences, our history. And all of those measures are finite, they're limited. Even this, heart rate, number of steps, cadence, it's limited. In fact, wearable tech, the, 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 the space that it's, it occupies, they call it your quantified self. 
that if you have a, a Garmin or a Fitbit or a Jawbone or, or some of these new wearable tech devices, you can actually take advantage of your quantified self. If you know more and have more data about yourself, you can improve yourself. If you, if you did 9,000 steps yesterday, you can set a goal of 10,000 and not just guess if you got it, you, you, can, you can know. It's called quantified self. But here's the deal. We will never be able to quantify ourselves because not everything that we measure is the same stuff that God measures. He doesn't use this. God, humans measure mostly the dimensions of something. The difference, however, is that God measures what something's made of. And this is why too many people, and if you're listening and you're in your 20s and you're still wearing your I'm single, let's mingle t-shirt, you need to listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. 20-somethings, I love you. Single, let's mingle, I love you, but not in that way. But I want you to listen to what I'm about to say because this is one of the reasons so many people screw up their dating relationships. Let me give you examples. Because they look for a six pack and they should have looked for steady. Looking at you, steady Steve, who has both by the way. Look for a six figure salary, should have looked for substance. Looked for fine, mm. should have looked for faithful. Too many people measure only what they see and forget to measure what people are made of. I conduct most job interviews in a coffee shop. I tell my corporate friends that and they think I'm unprofessional. That's unprofessional, okay. Well, I'm not telling them they should conduct job interviews in a coffee shop, but I conduct job interviews in a coffee shop. And here's why. First of all, in a job interview, you'll send me your CV. You'll only put the highlight reel on that. I get 20 CVs, they all look good. You don't put klutz, stupid, failure, can't turn a computer on. You don't put that on your CV. If it's true, you just leave it off and hope that I didn't notice. So CVs are nearly useless. Right? Oh, no, they're not, because we put referees. Yeah, who picks the referees? You or me? You. And who do you put on? The people that are gonna tell the good stories. Your mum. The boss that didn't fire you. So I ring them and they say, and you've already told them that, that they're gonna be a referee. You've primed the pump. So I ring them and they go, oh yeah, that Reese McLaughlin, unbelievable, fantastic. All right? So CVs, referees, I don't put much weight in them. I get you into a coffee shop and I'll ask you all the standard questions, but, but, but here's what I'm looking for while I'm sitting in that coffee shop with you. I wanna look at how you treat minimum wage people that put a cappuccino down in front of you. You treat them like you deserve to be served. You treat them like, no, oh, it sucks to be you. 14 bucks an hour. Do you, do, you, do, you, do you complain and whinge? Oh, cappuccino was three degrees Celsius, colder than I asked. I look for all that stuff. I look for how you treat people that are serving you because I'm employing you to serve other people and how you serve people is a very clear indicator of how you're gonna serve other people. The other thing I look for is how much you change the atmosphere of that coffee shop. 
Does anyone know you're there? Does the, does the waiter, the barista, the cash registered chicory dickory dock person, uh, are they, is their day better because you were there for an hour? The same or worse? And I'm only gonna employ you if, if you swung the mood, change the climate to be better. Because I don't just wanna measure what I can see on a CV, I wanna measure what you're made of. Put your uh, nerd hat on for a second. I wanna show you something. Let me, let me show you this. This is a jewelry lesson this morning. Diamond's worth is measured in carrots. Gold's worth is measured also in carrots, but they're different carrots and they're not the ones that make your eyes better. A diamond's worth is measured in carats, C-A-R-A-T-S, which measures the weight of something. So when you say how many, how many carats a diamond's worth, you're referring to its weight, okay? Measuring it with something that we can quantify. When we measure gold, a gold's worth is measured in carats with a K and it measures its purity. Diamonds are measured by what we can measure and what we can see. Gold is measured by what we can't measure and what we can't see, right? So maybe then it shouldn't come as any surprise to you that God's Word is replete with references to gold and very, very few references to diamonds. It shouldn't come as a great surprise to us when we know that God measures differently to the way we measure because we measure weight, we measure height, we measure salary, we measure postcode. God measures purity. He describes Himself as the refiner's fire. He measures Himself, He refers to Himself as the refiner's fire and the metaphor is that we are the gold and He lights us up puts us through the, the refinery so that we come out the other end with the impurities removed, that we grow greater in purity, which means to become greater and more like Jesus. Now, the thing is, let me give you a little sidebar. The mistake that some people make is they think that God is the incinerator's fire. That, that when we screw up, which we do, He burns us up and, th and throws us away. And so if He does that, why would we wanna get near to Him? And that's why some people try to run and hide from Him because they think He's the incinerator's fire. If He was the incinerator's fire, we'd all be in trouble and heaven would be empty. You ain't going there and nor am I. If what God's goal was is to, is to burn everything in us, it's not. It's the refiner's fire. And so when you go through a trial, when you feel God's testing you, when you feel God's asking you and pushing you and, and, and taking you beyond, it's often because He wants your worth. Now, now we're, in, we're, we're already valuable to Him. I'm not saying that. And by the way, we're launching a new series next week that's gonna completely spin your mind 180 degrees in some areas. But He measures purity, not just weight. Your garment will tell your heart rate, God's interested in heart quality. People are interested in CV virtues. God's interested in eternal virtues. God doesn't simply measure differently. He measures more and He measures the more important stuff. Now, open your Elevate app. I'm gonna land this message real quick. 
stop terrorizing you with this ruler. Click on the Bible and it'll take you to this Ephesians letter that Paul wrote. Now, we've been quoting it from a version of the Bible called The Message. And we do that very deliberately. It was written to unchurched people to make the Bible easier to understand. And so we wanna make sure we make God's Word accessible to first-time guests. But I wanna, and so, and so I read it earlier. I'll just read it for you again. In The Message, God can do anything, you know, far more than you could ever ask, ever imagine or guess or request in your wildest dreams. Now, open your Elevator app and we'll put it on the screens if, if uh, we've already put it on the screens. It's that itchy trigger finger again, Jared. Um, and uh, in what's called the New International Version, it was new when they called it that. It's not new anymore. They still call it. Verse 16, Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, he wrote this to them. I pray that out of his glorious riches, God's glorious riches, 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 he may strengthen you with power, 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 Making sure you're getting the good stuff. There's a lot of good stuff in here. Through his spirit, not just what you can do. In your inner being, we don't just have access to the Holy Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead. He actually lives in us. We don't kind of grab him off the shelf. He lives in us 24-7, no matter our circumstances. I'm not teaching about that today, but I could. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. Huh. Last week, we had two people make a decision to have Jesus dwell in their hearts through faith, said, I'll follow you, make you my Lord. I'm gonna give you a chance if you've never made that decision yourself. We're gonna give you a chance in a few minutes to have Jesus dwell in your hearts through faith as well. And then Paul said, I pray you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, planted, rooted and established in love, may have power, there it is, together with the Lord's holy people, that's us, to grasp how wide and how long and how deep, I mean, and high and how deep is the love of Christ. Now, just pause there for a second. According to Paul, you and I should be able to take this and begin to measure Jesus' love. How wide it is, how long it is, how high it is, how deep it is. Now, let me ask you a question. Those of you that have been following Jesus for a while, how many of you think it's possible to accurately measure how deep and high and wide and long Jesus' love is with, with one of these and, and, and put a number on it, right? I don't think it's possible. So why the Jimmy is Paul asking us to do it? It seems like a lesson in futility. Hey guys, go and waste your time. Get your ruler and measure Jesus' love and come back to me with the answer. We're interested. It seems like a measure in futility. And, cause, and then you could read it and go, come on, Paul, this is the practical joke. Ain't no tape measure in the world big enough and if was, I don't, I don't own it. So what are you talking about? Well, why are you bothering asking us to do this? And Because <laughs> he says next, it's a love that surpasses knowledge. So even if we think we're zeroing in on it, got a bigger ruler this week, we have another go. 
This one didn't make it all the way to, to the length of Jesus' love, but I went home and I went to Bunnings, got one of my vouchers and I bought a bigger ruler. And he, and he says, well, no. In fact, just a reminder, if you didn't pick it for yourself, that his love actually surpasses knowledge. Oh. But I, I, despite that, I want you to be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You can't measure it, but I want you to be full, filled with the full measure of what you can't measure. Huh. And then he gives a cheersing to, 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 to Jesus. Cheers to Jesus, who is able to do immeasurably. Well, hang on a second, Paul. Now you're just sounding like a smart ass. You told us to go and measure something that we don't have a ruler big enough for and we couldn't quantify it even if we tried. You then said, oh yeah, but and even if you tried that, you didn't continue reading. You just got your ruler and, and your Stanley eight metre yellow tape measure and you went off and now you come back and you pick the letter up again and you realise, oh, I should have read the rest of the sentence because he said actually it surpasses knowledge. So that whole measuring thing was a waste of time. But then Paul, you said to be filled with the full measure or the fullness of God. What are you trying to do to us? Okay, so I'll get back on task. I'll try to figure out what the full measure is because I wanna be filled with the full measure. And how do I know if I'm filled with the full measure or not if I don't know what the full measure is because I can't measure the measure to the fullness of the measure. In fact, I don't even think I, I can even get close, but I'm gonna give it a shot because He said He wants me to be filled with the measure to all the fullness of God. And then He says, yeah, but actually, cheers to Him who's able to do immeasurably. Oh. Great. I love reading the Bible. It just bends my mind. You ever read this before? You ever bent your mind like this before? It's mind bending. Stanley tape measure, mind bending. This doesn't bend, it just breaks. Okay, I was gonna give you that as an object lesson. So what's the deal? You ever walked around feeling like you didn't measure up? Didn't measure up to your circumstances. They're too challenging. Too challenging. Didn't measure up to other people's expectations. They're asking too much of me. This difficult season I'm going through is just way too long. Those are all measurements. Too difficult. Too challenging too long, they're all measurements. And they're absolute to you, but you're saying them, they're actually relative and they're relative to your expectations. Too difficult compared to what I expected would happen. Too long compared to if it was up to me when this season would be over. God doesn't want us to measure things against our expectations. He wants us to measure things against Him. And if we measure things against Him, then it's critical that we get this deeply, deeply impregnated in our everything, is that God is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine. Measurements are absolute and measurements are relative. No matter how bad you're feeling, God is immeasurably more. No matter how difficult your circumstances, God is immeasurably more. We always have the height advantage 
with God. You don't know what's over the horizon, but he does. We always have the weight advantage. Your regrets might weigh a lot, but God's grace weighs more. I'm gonna talk about that next week. And we always have the reach advantage. See, we may not be able to measure accurately how wide and how long and how high and how deep. We might not be able to measure that, but we need to take every circumstance in our life and measure the circumstance against the God who's able to do measurably more than all we can ask.